Tinakwea, no my hoodie my. My name is Will Appleby, and you're listening to Animal Matters. The Waikato District Council are taking drastic measures to manage a large population of geese. Without investigating better options, they announced they would use poison, but have since had to make a U-turn after realising it wouldn't work. And Angela Turnwald, the greyhound trainer whose dog tested positive for methamphetamine, is back before the kangaroo court, defending an appeal to have her disqualification extended. Animal Matters is brought to you by Safe for Animals. We release new episodes every week, so make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or whatever your favourite podcast platform is. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at safe.org.nz forward slash animal matters. I'm going to come straight out today and say that geese are awesome, especially Canada geese. I mean, they have a bit of an attitude. You definitely don't want to get on the wrong side of them, but I kind of have to respect them for that. And they're beautiful. Along with ducks and other birds, I will never understand why people want to kill Canada geese during the shooting season. No doubt a contributing factor is that they're considered a pest. That's certainly the opinion of the Waikato District Council, who have found themselves inconvenienced by 180 Canada geese. Early last week, the Waikato District Council announced that they would lure a flock of geese that have set up camp at Huntley Domain and then proceed to poison them. The council made the decision because of concerns of the excrement and the damage the geese are doing to the grass. They said a goose can eat up to one kilogram of grass, including roots, and produce up to one kilogram of excrement a day. The council said baiting and poisoning the geese is a last resort. After a series of unsuccessful attempts to keep the geese away, they've tried installing fencing and using a chemical spray that acts as a repellent. It's not clear whether they've tried other methods, but it's clear that the council hadn't sought much advice. Following the initial announcement, SAFE campaigns manager Jessica Chambers called on the council to implement a population management plan, saying that killing the geese was a short-sighted approach. It didn't take long, though, until the council had to do a U-turn. The cull has now been put on hold after Fish and Game pointed out that the proposed poison wouldn't work. This is when the full extent of their plans emerged. The council had planned to lure the flock of 180 Canada geese, then feed them food pellets laced with a narcotic. Within half an hour, it was planned that the geese would fall asleep and then destroyed by contractors. But Fish and Game pointed out that the narcotic they had planned to use would take much longer than the 30 minutes before it would take effect, due to the size of Canada geese meaning the geese could disperse before they could be destroyed. So now, the Waikato District Council has to go back to the drawing board. One option is to relocate the geese, which Auckland Council successfully did for 250 geese last year in Western Springs. It has been argued that due to the migratory nature of Canada geese, they would likely return. But if you clip their wings, a painless procedure where you remove flight feathers, they would likely settle in their new location before the feathers grow back in six months. The ethics of clipping the wings of these birds is yet to be debated. If the council continues with their plan, these birds will be killed through no fault of their own. And then there's no stopping new geese arriving at the location, which will just continue the cycle of killing. 
It's not helped when local residents feed the geese, a popular pastime. There are better solutions available, if the council can be bothered looking into it. It struck me this week that for the last few months we've talked about greyhound racing on just about every episode. It's a hot topic right now, thanks in part to the government's focus on the industry. But there's also just a constant stream of bad news. A couple of weeks ago, another greyhound was killed in Auckland. Paris End was euthanised after falling during a race and suffering several fractures. He was just over three months old. And on May 30, another dog, Choo Choo, was euthanised after fracturing his right hock. That makes 10 dogs killed since January and well over 400 injuries. Things aren't getting any better for greyhounds. Furthermore, Angela Turnwald made another appearance at the Judicial Control Authority. To recap, she was the greyhound trainer who was fined $3,500 and banned from racing for four months after her dog, Zipping Sarah, tested positive for methamphetamine. Turnwald pleaded guilty at a hearing in April after it was found that Zipping Sarah had ingested meth somehow, between the time of leaving the kennels and when the dog arrived in Christchurch, transported by Turnwald's partner. Her initial defence was that people who had smoked methamphetamine patted the dog after the race, but she later abandoned that defence after experts said the drug would have taken hours to work through the dog's system. She was recently summoned before the JCA Appeals Tribunal because the Racing Integrity Unit is seeking a tougher penalty. They initially called for a disqualification of 14 months, but are now seeking a minimum ban of two years. At the hearing, Turnwald said that her business had run into a loss, and people would ask her why she would continue training greyhounds. She claimed, you don't get into greyhound racing for the money. But the money's been pretty good for Turnwald. Between 2016 and 2020, she made just shy of $2 million in winnings from greyhound racing. Some of her dogs, like Zipping Sarah, are part-owned by syndicates, so she's unlikely to be taking home the full amount of cash. But business has been good for Angela Turnwald. She still maintains that she never administered the methamphetamine. The appeals tribunal has reserved its decision on the penalty, which will be released at a later date. So there's still more to come on this story. To end the show on some happier news, one of New Zealand's largest retailers made a monumental decision around the sale of fireworks last month. Most Kiwis will be familiar with the warehouse, but for those overseas, the warehouse is a major department store, similar to Walmart. Its main competitor is Kmart, and it sells a huge range of essential use items. Their giant red stores are instantly recognisable, with a store in every town, usually several in each city. Every year in November, coinciding with annual Guy Fawkes Day commemorations, the warehouse imports and sells tonnes of fireworks. There are strict rules around buying and selling fireworks to the public in New Zealand. They are only sold for the four days leading up to Guy Fawkes, between the 2nd and 5th of November. You have to be 18 years old to buy fireworks, just like alcohol, and you have to show ID. These rules have been strengthened and implemented over the last 15 years due to the immense damage fireworks can cause. That doesn't stop people using fireworks throughout the year though, and it's common for people to stockpile fireworks in November to use on birthdays and New Year's Eve. The restrictions actually do very little to reduce harm. 
Public opinion about fireworks has shifted in recent years due to the risk of fire and the harm they cause to animals, which has prompted everyone from local government and emergency services to animal advocates to call for an end to the sale of fireworks to the public. There are about seven small specialist retailers around the country that sell fireworks every year, but the market is dominated by the warehouse. But not anymore. As of this year, the warehouse will no longer sell any fireworks to the public. It seems like a fairly insignificant announcement, but in reality it's actually a massive deal. As I mentioned, there are a variety of smaller retailers that specialise in fireworks and sell to the public, but the average New Zealander would have no idea who they are. For most people in New Zealand, if you want to buy fireworks, the place to go is the warehouse. Heck, when I was a teenager, before the age limit was raised to 18, that was where I went to buy fireworks. I have since learnt better judgement and I haven't bought fireworks in many, many years. It was a huge media story the day of their announcement, and the response was overwhelmingly positive. SAFE has long called for a ban on the sale of fireworks to the public, and there's currently little appetite from the government to do so. At least in the meantime, the warehouse's decision will make a positive impact. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation, and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating, as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.